You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Who's ready for the Word of God tonight? Make some noise, make some noise. Y'all been enjoying the series? Well, I got some bad news. Series is ending tonight. It's, it's been an incredible series, but I invited my very, very good friend, um, Pastor Kent, to come preach this last message of Mind the Gap, and he's got a word for us. Um, and so, Pastor Kent, I just want to say, dude, I love you, man. I was thinking during worship about, I remember the first night I met you at Next Steps like three years ago, and like God has done so much in my life, in your life, in our ministries. And so I'm so proud of you, dude. And I'm very excited for you to preach the word tonight. So can we give Pastor Kent a very warm New Song students welcome. Make some noise for Pastor Kent. Okay. First off, I was telling Pastor Jackson, I'm like, how am I supposed to top that, right? Like that worship set, y'all? We don't even need this. Like, let's just go back to worship. You know what I'm saying? Second thing, um, y'all better give it up for your pastor, man. What an incredible man God he is. And he loves you guys so much. It's so cool to see how God's working in his life. And he's, guys, this is just the beginning. You guys are on the, like, the, like the ground floor of where is this student ministry is going. That's such, so cool. Um, Pastor Ash, I was reminded of when we first started kids ministry, uh, students, um, and it was, there was like six kids that came consistently, but there were always six. And now, last time I was here, there was only like this, this right here, and then there's none of that. So proud of you, man. God's so good. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start off with prayer because I can't do this without the Holy Spirit, so let's pray and invite him in. God, thank you so much for tonight. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. Move in this place. Let kids get a revelation of the word that you have given me. God, I've learned so much in this message than I have in a long time. So God, thank you that these kids can, can grasp what I'm trying to uh, give them tonight. Fill me up. Don't let me get emotional because I want to so bad. God, thank you for moving in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Okay, so I'm going to get into it because I got a lot of stuff, all right? So Let's recap real quick what Pastor Jackson said last week, okay? I, I encourage you guys, if you have not listened to his message, you need to go listen to it. I've listened to it twice now, and it's absolutely incredible when he talks about learning how to listen in prayer. Sometimes we need to pray a lot. We need to pray a lot, and there's sometimes we need to shut up and just listen. God's got a lot. He, I mean, he's all-knowing. He's got a lot of knowledge, so he's got a lot to say. But if you're just blabbing on, it's going to be hard to listen to what he's got. So, and what I love about Pastor Jackson's message, I, I'm trying to wrap it up, okay? I've never done a recap before, okay? So be, bear with me. He said that prayer is communicating with God, not to God. You guys got that? Not with, or with God, not to God, okay? So what I took away from that is when we're talking with God, we have a, a constant communication back and forth. I'm talking, he's listening, he's a good listener, and then there's times where he's talking and I need to be quiet. I need to shut my little yap and just listen. 
But I also got it as when we talk to God, so many of us talk to God. Guys, there's a, there a long time in my life where I just talked to God. And it was like I'm leaving a voicemail. You guys ever left a voicemail for somebody? I don't know about you guys, but I don't check my voicemail. My mom leaves me a voicemail. I'm like, I got to check it, but I really don't want to. Voicemails, they're dumb, right? So don't leave a voicemail to God, okay? Have a uh, constant communication with him, okay? And then you guys have a verse. I want to read it, right? First Peter 4, 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of? Prayer. Purpose of? Prayer. Okay, you guys are paying attention. That's cool. Um, but we are all talk, we're talking about mind the gap. Everyone say, mind the gap. Mind the gap. That's right. So we all got gaps in our life between, let me get this right, where we are at and where we are going, right? There's a gap between there. And tonight, I, I, this is how I figure out stuff, is there's a bridge, okay? For me, there's a bridge. That bridge represents prayer. Everyone say prayer. prayer. That's right. So this the uh, bridge the gap. Pause for laughter. No? Bridge the gap. You guys got to help me out here, okay? I'm trying my best. I'm usually talking to four- and five-year-olds, okay? Okay, anyways, bridge the gap. Come on. Okay, so the bridge represents your prayer life. The bridge takes us directly to the Father. There's no, um, when, you, when you're talking to God, guys, there's no like, oh, you need to go over here first, then go over there. No, it's a direct line, okay? That should, be, that should give you hope tonight. And it's an incredible bridge you want to be on. But your, the bridge represents our prayer. We have to have a strong bridge. I have some images I want to show you guys, okay? This, is, this helps me, and this is, hopefully it helps you, okay? So I have a first uh, bridge picture. Do I not? Yes, this one. Okay. You guys know what this is? Golden Gate Bridge. Pretty strong bridge. Been, a, been around for a long time, okay? And uh, it's seen some stuff, all right? But it's a strong bridge. So this bridge represents a, someone who has a strong prayer life. What's that look like? Looks like Pastor Jackson, okay? He's consistent in prayer. He knows that he is not afraid to go pray for somebody or get prayed for. He has a constant communication back and forth with God. He is a prayer man of God, okay? If I'm, if I'm sick, if something's going wrong in my life, you know who I'm going to? Pastor Jackson, Pastor Eman, because I know that they're going to pray for me because they are, are believing what I'm believing for. So, strong bridge of prayer. Then there's bridges that are kind of uh, yeah, we'll go this one. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not walking across that bridge. You cannot pay me. I'm going to fall in the river. I'm going to go down. It's going to be bad. But some people have a bri- uh, prayer life like this bridge. It's broken. They don't, they don't get that when they pray, they're talking to the Father. Right? So we can't have a, we can't have a prayer life like this. Don't have a prayer life like this. This means you don't, you don't want to pray for people, you don't see people, you don't want to even have a conversation with God. Like, that's a bad prayer bridge. Y'all following? Yeah. Okay, then there's this bridge. Under construction. Okay? How about you guys? And I'm being real, but when I was growing up in church, I was the bad bridge. Didn't know, didn't really want to talk to God. Didn't get it. Now, I feel like my life is here. I'm, I'm working towards the end of construction, towards a strong bridge. But, guys, our prayer life needs help. It needs help. Who helps us? Our Father. That's the easiest answer I can give you. So, it's okay to have this, this, prayer, this prayer life. Why? Because you're constantly working on it, right? Constantly working on it. So, you got to work on your bridge. Can I get an Amen.
Okay. Now, the cool thing is there's one more bridge. Those three bridges are your prayer life, your native tongue, like me talking English, you talking Spanish, whatever you want to pray in. That is those bridges. God gives us another bridge. And that other bridge is your prayer language. Okay? And here's, I don't know if I have it, Jason. Yes. Okay. It's kind of hard to see, but both those bridges are leading to the same destination. They combine. So it's okay to be on this bridge to, to pray like in your, in your native tongue. That's okay to pray like that. God wants you to pray like that. Sometimes you, you need to be clear and pray like that. But then there's this other, this other one that's your spiritual language. Guys, that one's powerful. But they are both going directly to the Father, both going to the same destination. So that's kind of the foundation I want to leave you with tonight. Okay, that's kind of like what we're building on. Now, I want to talk tonight about healing, okay, and how those bridges help us walk in prayer and for healing. Raise your hand if you need something healed. Okay? Raise your hand if you've ever needed something healed. Okay, so we all need something healed, right? We all need something healed. Here's the thing. God came to heal our bodies, came to heal our minds, and he came to heal our hearts, our souls. Some people will think when Jesus walking around, uh, walking on earth, he was just here to heal people's like bodies, and he did. He did a lot of that, but he also was casting out demons. He was uh, healing people in their hearts, in their in their in their deceitfulness, in their in their lying uh, bodies. Like he, guys, he was all over the place in healing. So there's a lot that God uh, Jesus did for us. Okay, and then the basics that I want to talk about tonight. I have four things. You guys taking notes? Yeah. I told you I got a lot, so that's why I'm talking fast. And I'm also excited, okay? So there's four steps into helping you with your prayer, okay? Now, God knew we were going to need healing. That's why he sent Jesus, to save our souls and to heal our bodies, right? Very clearly states that Jesus took stripes on his back so that we could be healed. The good news, guys, the good news is, is the price was already paid, Thank you, God, that I don't have to get my back whipped every single time I want healing for my body. That would be bad, right? But Jesus did it for us because he loves you. Healing is important to God. You know, a third of Jesus' life that we was recorded in the Bible is healing. So it's important, right? Okay. Verse I want to I kind of build on tonight is 2 Chronicles 2.14. I think I have that. Yep. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, everyone say humble, Humble. and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, everyone say turn from my wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Okay, so backstory real quick about Pastor Kemp. I used to be a stud in football, okay? Athlete, that's right. Thank you, Pastor Amen. Athlete, all right? If you don't believe me, here's a photo. Okay. Yes. Okay, now, you can go to the next one. That's a, that's a touchdown. That's a TD right there, by the way. All right, one more. Okay, you can leave it on this one, okay? Leave it on this one. Now, 
the reason why I'm showing you this is because it's, it's leading to my title of my message, okay? So growing up, I had a coach. He looked good, sharp, clean cut. Everyone would look by him and be like, man, you look good. He goes, hey, look good and coach good. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. So one day he walks by me. He goes, hey, Kent. Warren, that's what he called me. He says, you're looking pretty good. I said, hey, look good, coach good. He goes, no, no, no. For you, since you're playing, it's look good, play good. Now, I've taken that saying, and I've used it in my life. And so for tonight, it's uh, prep good, preach good. Um, Or when you're cooking, you know, it's uh, cook good, eat good. Right? Okay, so you guys see where I'm going with this? Okay, so tonight, the title of this message is pray good, feel good. Pray good, feel good. First point's this. Humility is the first step into healing. What what did 2 Chronicles say? You got to humble. My name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You got to humble yourself, guys. Humility is a big step. David Guzik said it like this. I know we say a lot of David Guzik stuff, so here it is. There is something naturally humble in true prayer because it recognizes that the answer are not in self. They are in God. God promises something special to humble, praying people. Guys, it's not about us. When you realize that, yes, we have a physical body, but it's not us who gets the glory from our body being healed. It's Jesus. So it's not about us. I don't know about you, but who wants to be a humble, praying person? I do. I got to make sure that I'm coming humbly to the throne before I can receive healing, before I can even ask for healing. I got to humble myself. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says this. Uh, I'm reading from the Message Bible, but Jesus himself humbled, was humbled. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges, deity, and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. He was incredibly humbling. It was an incredibly humbling process. Hmm. To go from heaven to come to earth as a man, it's pretty humbling. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. All right, so how do we become humble before God? Okay, I'm gonna name six things. You guys don't have to write them down, but I want you guys to memorize these, okay? Number one is confess your sin to God the moment you realized you sinned. Guys, that's a big one. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I've struggled with that one. Oh, I just sinned? That's all right. I'll just wait a little bit. Maybe God will forget. <laughs> He's not going to forget. So confess your sin to God, to God the moment you realize it. That's humbling. Forgive quickly. You guys ever been wronged before? Someone ever make you mad? Yeah. Step on your toes a little bit? You got to forgive them quickly. Yeah. Serving others without expecting to be served. That's, these, are, these are some simple ones here. Um, accepting criticism and correction graciously. When someone tells you that you've messed up, someone who knows what they're talking about, someone who knows what they're doing, and they tell you, hey, you've messed up, and this is where you need to improve on, instead of you going, that guy doesn't know what I'm talking about. No, saying, hey, thank you. I appreciate that. I need to grow in this area, and I appreciate someone actually loving me and telling me enough for that. So 
accepting it graciously, fighting for the bottom while not looking for braids. We say this kind of sometimes, we said it on our mission trip, but fighting for the bottom, what's that look like? It's stacking chairs, it's uh, picking up trash after students, it's staying a little bit extra and asking, hey, is there anything I can do to help? Um, I know you set all this up for me, but is there any way I can help, you know, put up stuff? Hey, mom and dad, I know that you guys work really hard throughout the day, let me do the dishes for you. She gets it. Because I'm saying fighting for the bottom, and you're not looking for somebody to go, hey, you're so good at that. Man, look at you go. I'm so proud of you. Humble yourself. And the last one's this pray for your enemies. Eee. Okay. Humility is a big deal to God. First Peter 5 5 says this. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Guys, I was, a, I was a pretty cocky kid in high school. I was cocky. But what I would tell people is, hey, I'm not cocky. I'm confident. And I was confident, but I was confident in the wrong person. I was confident in myself. I wasn't confident in Jesus Christ, who I should have been, right? Got to humble yourself. Point number two, res- uh, repentance is the second step to healing. What it say, uh, they had to turn from their wicked ways, right? Wicked ways. <laughs> had to t- re- um, turn from their wicked ways. That means repent. Oh, but Pastor Kent, that, re- that word right there, that repent word, that's a bad word. It's not, guys. When you start looking at the word repent as a good word, as a grace-given word, knowing that when we repent, our sins are forgiven, that he takes them as far as the east is from the west. Guys, that's a good, that's a good word. Now, you shouldn't want to repent all the time, right? But how many of you guys know that we fall short every single day? So you have to repent. The definition of repentance, if you don't know, I'm just trying to show if I'm smart. Um, to turn from sin and dedicate oneself to amendment of one's life, to feel regret or contrition, to change one's mind. Guys, when you repent, what you're saying is, God, I'm heading this way, but I choose to turn this way. I'm heading back to you. I was in sin, but now I am free from that. I turn my guilt into forgiveness. I turn darkness to light. I turn hate into love. I turn uh, not having a purpose to having a purpose. Why? Because I've repented. Acts 3.19 says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Can we just stop for a second and thank God for, for doing that for us? Yeah. Like he takes your sin. He doesn't hold on to it and say, hey, when you mess up, I'm going to remind you of all these sins. He doesn't do that. No, he says, I'm going to take them, I'm going to throw them away, and we're going to restart this. You're going to get better. Man, we serve a good God. Here's uh, another verse, John 16, 23 through 24. I'm throwing a lot of verses at you, but Pastor Jackson said that's okay. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. Guys, when we pray, when we're praying for healing, it's not us who's healing somebody. It's not us who's receiving healing for ourselves. It's only through Jesus' name. You have to use his name. We are commanded to ask. Jesus said in that... um, 
Ask, use my name, and we receive, and you will have abundant joy. I don't know about you guys, but I want some joy in my life. The world is so broken right now. Everything that I turn on, I can't even watch TV right now because everything's broken or twisted, right? I mean, people's minds need to be healed. We go to God, and we ask according to his will. This is a, this is the thing that I'm I'm still working on, guys. I, there's so many things that I want for my life, for my family's life, for for my ministry, but I gotta stop and I gotta say, hey, God, is this what you want for my life, for my family, for my ministry? It's God's will be done on heaven as it is in heaven as it is on earth, right? We gotta want what God wants. God, it's, God's going to let you know what, what you need. He's good like that. He's good at shutting doors and opening doors. God's, guys, he slammed doors in my face because I'm seeking after him. I want what he wants for me instead of what I want. I want. When you pray and ask in Jesus' name, you get instant access to the throne of Jesus. Like I said earlier, the throne of our heavenly Father. Guys, we're commanded to ask. You want something, what do you have to do? You got to ask for it. You can't just say, oh, God knows my mind, so I'm not, not going to pray. I'm not gonna, he knows that my leg's broken in half, but I'm not going to pray for healing. He knows that my heart's been broken because someone wronged me, but he knows that, so I don't need to ask. No, you have to ask. You have to say it with your own mouth. Uh, I have a quick analogy I thought was pretty cool, okay? Um, Think about it like this, okay? You are, uh, God is the owner of a restaurant. He's, he's the owner of this wonderful restaurant, okay? And you've been wanting to go to this restaurant for a long time. Like a long time. You've heard it's good. You heard the, the, the cheese sticks are incredible with that marinara sauce. Ooh. And you want to go to this restaurant. And you want to sit down. And you get to the restaurant. And you know, you know that God's the owner. And he knows that you're coming. And you get to the restaurant, and you go to the front, and you be like, hey, um, I know that the hour or the, the wait is like an hour, um, but I know the owner. So can I just go to the table in the back? Can I sit and, and talk with the owner and enjoy some mozzarella sticks? Mott sticks? Yes, you can. Why? Because I know who the owner of the restaurant is. I know who's the owner of my life, who takes care of me whenever I'm sick. Who takes care of me? It's God. So I know who he is. I can walk in confidence into that restaurant. You guys know where I'm going with that. James 5, 14, 15 says this. Are you suffering hardships? You should pray. Man, don't you love how direct the Bible is? Are Are you suffering any hardships? Well, you should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. Wait, wait, did I read that right? And the Lord might make you well. No, it says will. It will make you well. It's already been paid for, guys. And if you have committed any sins, they will be forgiven. Man, this is like, I feel like I'm repeating myself up here. Point three, this is a short point. Getting others to pray with you is the third step in healing. All right, so what's the first step? Humble yourself, right? Humble yourself. Then we have repentance. You gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be clean. God can't be anywhere near sin, so you gotta repent. Then the third step is, okay, I've humbled myself. I've repented. 
Now, go get you some people who are believing for the same thing you're believing for. Go get you some people who love Jesus just as much as you love Jesus. Guys, surround yourself with people who love and are fighting for Jesus. I'm sitting here over here watching you guys pray and worship together. These are some good people to have. I know who's in my corner. Do you know who's in your corner? Who's going to fight for you? Fight with you. Now, it doesn't have to be the elders, all right? Pastor Jackson's a busy guy. Pastor Eman's a busy guy. I know I work with him, okay? So it doesn't have to be your elders. It could be your leaders. It could be your parents. It could be friends who just believe what you're believing for. You believing for healing? Find some people who believe that Jesus can heal them. Matthew 18, 19 says this, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, oh, there's that ask word again, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Man, I, guys, I'm, <laughs> I myself was going through this, and I'm just reminded of like, oh, God, like if I ask, you're, you're there. You're there. Has he, has he ever not been there for you? Name a time. I'll wait. No, he's always there. All the time. And we forget that sometimes. When, when sorry, I don't know if I can use this word. When crap hits the fan, we go, oh, God's not here because crap hit the fan. No. He's there. He doesn't leave. This is the God we serve, guys. All right. Point four. Last point. The fourth step in praying for healing is you got to have some faith that Jesus can heal you. You believe Jesus died on the cross for you? That's great. Because he did. That's faith. So if you have faith that Jesus died on the cross for you, and that he's living in your heart, then you can have that same faith that he's going to heal your body. I got a quick story for you guys. I have a son. His name's Jones. I didn't bring a picture with me because you guys' heart would melt. So you're welcome. But, guys, he's, he's an incredible boy. He's 18 months old. He's driving me nuts. But I love him, okay? But here's the thing about Jones. We, were, uh, we left a, uh, his swim lessons, and we went and we went to Target, okay? And it's just me and him getting some groceries, about to cook some food, and I get to uh, all the things, and we're going to the uh, checkout aisle, and his passy comes out. And I'm like, oh, man, Kayla hates it when his passy hits the floor, so I got to quickly pick this up. And by the time I picked it up and went to go put it in his mouth, his eyes had rolled to the back of his head, and he was having a seizure. Now, I didn't know that. I didn't know what a seizure looked like. I've never been a part of one, okay? But all I know is that my son is locked up. His eyes are in the back of his head, and he's shaking. And I didn't know what to do. I've taken CPR classes. I've, I've done, like, I've watched videos. And he starts seizing up on me, and the first thing I do is I get him out of the out of the basket, and I start scooping his mouth because I thought maybe he swallowed something, and he's choking. I don't know. He's turning. His lips are blue. I start patting his back. I'm pushing on his chest, and it gets to the point where I turn to the lady behind me. I don't even know who she is, and I said, can you please call 911? And then I'm on the ground, guys. I'm on the ground in the middle of Target, which is a big store, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, is there a doctor or nurse in the building? I can't get him back. Like, I don't know what to do. 
and it's the scariest moment of my life. And here's what happened. My flesh set in. I immediately saw him dead. I immediately saw me having to call my wife and say, hey, he's dead. Under my watch. I immediately saw the funeral. I immediately saw things falling apart. I saw hell that day. And because I'm working on my prayer, the Holy Spirit kindly, in the, in the heat of that moment, kindly comes in and he says, I need you to start praying in your prayer language. And guys, I quickly humbled myself because I was willing to do whatever. Humbled myself and I immediately started praying in my prayer language in the middle of Target, did not give two rips what other people thought. I only wanted to be with my son and my father in that, in that moment. And guys, because of that, I truly believe this because I saw it happen. He came back to me. And he's alive today. Yeah, give it up for God. Man, God's good. Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus traveled through the region of Galilee, teaching on the synagogues, and announcing the good news. Jesus is good news, guys. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Psalms 103.3 says he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Guys, these aren't, I haven't said these verses. These are just another verses in the Bible that say this thing. Healing comes through Jesus' name. Healing can happen right now. Healing can happen the next day. Healing can happen the next month. Healing could happen a year from now. Healing might not come at all. But does that, is that going to stop you from serving Jesus? Guys, I, I could have easily gone, Jesus, why did this happen? Why did you do this? I didn't. I could have stopped being a Christian. I could have stopped coming to work. I could have stopped being a kid's pastor. But I didn't. God showed me something there. I learned a lot about who my father is and who the Holy Spirit is. Guys, he's here to help us. Here's how I know that. Hebrews 13, 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Guys, if Jesus is healing people in the Bible 2,000 years ago, he's healing people today, and he will continue to do it long before we're put in the ground. He does not change. Does not change. Last thing. My challenge for you today. I have to leave with the challenge. God doesn't make us sick. He doesn't make you sick. The enemy tries to make you think that he does, but he doesn't. That's not who your father is. But, there's the but, but he will use that to help you, to redirect you, to get you back on the right path. John 11, 4 says this, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. This is Joseph addressing his brothers in Genesis 50, 20. It says, you intended harm for me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. This was, this was, 
my, my favorite verse right now. Paul is sick and uh, he's in prison in Rome. And he's been beaten up. People are trying to kill him. You guys need to read about Paul. He's incredible. But in Philippians 1.12, Paul says, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Guys, I, I don't know about you, I've got a revelation. When I'm sick now, I'm like, God, what are you showing me? Where, where are we going? Use this to show me something. And he did. Uh, back in October, right before Festival, uh, I thought I was going to die. Uh, I, had, I had an ulcer. didn't know at the time. Um, but basically, if you know what an ulcer is, basically a hole opens up in your stomach, and that nasty stuff in your stomach that kills everything starts leaking out. And it was, guys, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. That was, it was the most painful thing in my life. It was painful. Thought I was literally gonna die. I was at, I was telling Pastor Jackson, I was at the point where I was on my knees in the bathroom. I had, I had no more fluid in my body. It was all gone. And I was like, God, if this is it, like I'm ready, let's go. That's where I was at, guys. Like that's how much pain I was in. But God didn't take me that day. He didn't, he didn't, he had more things for me to do. I, he's got a bigger plan and purpose for my life. But what he did show me that day was that I needed to change a few things. My diet, guys, was crap. <laughs> I was eating Oreos and milk at like 11 o'clock at night. I was slamming Coke every single day, maybe two Cokes. I wasn't doing any push-ups. I wasn't running. This is, uh, the reason why I tell you this, you guys, I, it's not like a, like a, oh, this is the big revelation moment. What I want to show you guys is that God used something that the enemy meant for evil and he turned it to good. I changed my lifestyle and how I do things, where, what time I eat, what time I go to bed because of that moment. Now, I don't know if, if you've ever had something like that before, but I saw how my father operates. I saw how he can heal me but I have to have a relationship with him. If I don't have that relationship with him, then I, I don't know where I would be today. No matter how sick you may be, no matter if you don't think God's ever gonna heal you, you will always have to keep him first. You cannot stop believing in Jesus because your finger didn't heal up the, the amount of time you want to be healed up. He's God. His plans are way better than my plans. He has it all figured out, guys. Your job is just to listen and obey. Like Pastor Jack said, you have to talk to him. There has to be this back and forth. It'd be a really terrible conversation and a relationship with somebody if all I did was talk to them and they, let, they listened and they left. I don't want that relationship with my Heavenly Father. And I don't. Prayer, guys, is that gap for your healing. Prayer fills that gap. God loves you guys. I know I sound like I may be being harsh for you guys, but I just want you guys to get it. Just like Pastor Jackson wants you guys to get it. It's not complicated. God loves you. Mind the gap. Here.